I love email and SMS marketing funnels. I still find them to be the most effective, the most consistent, the most predictable, and the most fun methods for engaging an audience. Plus, you have so much more ownership and control over your funnels, especially compared to social media or other platforms where your reach, your engagement, your ability to talk to the people who actually want to hear from you is always under threat. So what are the funnels that I believe every creator or business owner should have and what should be included in those funnels? Let's dive in on today's episode of Rising Tide Talents. Rising Tide lifts all ships, it lifts all ships, it lifts all ships. Okay, I have been waiting to record this episode because, spoiler alert, it is all about one of my very favorite topics related to marketing and sales and working on funnels, sales and marketing funnels, fixing leaks, optimizing strategies, implementing all of these cool things, doing all of the deep nitty gritty in the weeds work that we will talk about today. The reason that I am so passionate about this topic is that I sincerely believe that funnel marketing can work and in fact is pretty critical to the success of any business at any stage. But before you panic, before you think, oh, this is just another list of things that I'm doing wrong or a new list of things that I need to do. I am strapped for time. I hate technology. I don't know how to do this. Take a deep breath because this is not that episode. My goal is always to inspire you for what can be done, give you examples of how you can do it, as well as point you toward resources and examples, but also just to help you figure out how can I move the needle in my own business. And continued growth, growth month over month, quarter after quarter, year after year, however you measure it, that is something that every successful business does and considers. Whether you are trying to make your first sale or generate your first $5,000 a month in revenue, whether you have already scaled to seven figures and beyond, and you are looking to increase your own top line revenue or expand your growth so that you can recirculate all of that revenue into great works and organizations and putting it back into your community, whatever stage of your business you are currently in. Funnel marketing is critical from taking you where you are and moving you to where you want to be. And there is no one template. I would love to tell you, as some other consultants and coaches and loudmouth influencers will do, I would love to tell you that there is an exact template. And if you just pay me this low, low rate of $199, you can download the template pack. You'll have the swipe copy. Just insert your words. You're good to go. Nope. This is not that show and I am not that person. Now, there are a number of best practices. There are certainly things that can be executed based on 
advice that you're getting from others or things that you're seeing in the marketplace. And there is always, I believe, a place for taking advantage of someone else's templates or inspiration or jumping off points, especially if you are not especially tech or marketing savvy. However, I have yet to find one funnel that works for every client. And I've been doing this for a long, long time. Fixing funnels, creating funnels, launching funnels. This is what I do. This is my zone of genius. We've talked about zone of genius on a previous episode. So if that's a term that's unfamiliar to you, I encourage you to go back and listen because discovering and articulating my zone of genius has been a really important part of my own professional development and growth. And it is fixing funnels. That is my zone of genius. Even inside of that, the reason that I will always have job security as a fractional CMO is that you cannot just take one funnel from someone else or read about the five things that have to be in a funnel or read about the five types of funnels as we're going to discuss here. You can't just take it and apply it to your own business without some thought. So if you were listening here and you wanted to walk away with the five funnels you must have and you wanted an exact do this, do this, do this, this is probably not the right fit for you. If that is something you need help with, I am a fractional marketer and I would absolutely love to talk with you about my custom one-on-one services, but that is not for everybody. What is for everybody is a list of funnels that can be applied to every business, every industry, every stage of growth. And here are those five funnels. The five funnels that I believe everyone must have are a welcome and nurture sequence, a thank you for purchasing sequence, an upsell and expansion sequence, an abandoned cart or expressed interest sequence, and a why did you not buy sequence. Welcome and nurture sequence. That one is pretty straightforward. This is if you are generating new leads, maybe you've done a webinar or you've done a lead magnet, you've got a free download, maybe you're just having a form on your site so people can subscribe to your newsletter, whatever it is, however you have collected their contact information in the form of at the very least their email address. I love to see first name, email address and phone number, but at the very least email address. What happens after they come onto your list is generally considered the welcome or the nurture sequence. And what that looks like for you may be different than it looks like for other colleagues of yours, friends of yours. But generally, this is an opportunity for you to introduce yourself, introduce your mission, introduce your why, nurture them through other resources that you have, pointing them to podcast episodes or blog posts or other resources This is a great place, by the way, to repurpose content that you have already done. So if you have a huge list of blog posts or podcast episodes, the Welcome and Nurture sequence is a great place to bring those back in and slowly drip them out to your newest subscribers so that they have an opportunity to get to know you and what makes you tick and why they should stay engaged with you. Thank you for purchasing. This is exactly what it sounds like. After somebody makes a purchase, not only should they receive a thank you email, thank you for investing in X, 
here's what you should expect. Here's how you access your product or here are the details about when you will receive your product. I really like to see thank you sequences be additional emails on top of that. So the immediate thank you for purchasing or investing, of course, that's kind of bare minimum. But after that, I want you to consider what your follow-up is. So this is a great time to check in. How are you enjoying it? Do you have any questions later? Would you be willing to give us a review, a testimonial, or work with us on a case study if that applies to your business model? Would you be willing to refer a friend or tell other people about our product? There are lots of asks that you can make in the thank you for purchasing sequence. And this is an example of how much it can and should be customized to your particular business goals and to your particular business model. The upsell and expansion sequence is one that not everyone does, but I think everyone should. So after someone has purchased, there are really two paths that you can take. In the initial thank you for purchasing sequence, you can message them about an opportunity to tack something on. So for example, if you are marketing and selling a course and somebody purchases the course, perhaps your follow-up email is, here's a coupon to take 50% off this other course. Or if you are, have sold an ebook, maybe it is if you want to get this whole bundle of ebooks at a discounted price, go here. Here's a special link that is only for you. Here's a coupon. It could be something time sensitive. So if they purchased product A and product B is a perfect complementary fit for it. You know, for the next 24 hours, you can go back and add product B. We'll ship it out at the same time and we will honor the bundle discount. Lots of opportunities there. The other thing to consider about an upsell or an expansion sequence is that it doesn't have to be as immediate as that last example. So once somebody has invested in you, whether it's $1 or $10,000 or $100,000, once they have purchased from you, they've shown you that they believe in the value of what you do and the offer that you have. They are willing to invest in you. They have buying intent is what I would call that. And so that is a great segment to go back to and offer them something else. So I often like to do an upsell or an expansion when I have a new product coming out for a client. So if my client did a course release uh, six months ago, and now there is a new version of that course or a new cohort running, or there's uh, kind of an extended version of the course with more advanced features, that upsell expansion sequence is a great place to go back to the list of current buyers and give them first bite at the apple, I love to offer a limited time offer or a bonus or a discount just for that list, really as a thank you for being a loyal buyer, a loyal client, a loyal customer. So that upsell and expansion sequence is a great way to practice revenue expansion, which is absolutely the best thing for businesses. How can I increase the lifetime value or the order value from each customer? How do I take a $199 sale and actually turn it into $250 or $499? How do I do that? Upsell and expansion sequences are great examples. The abandoned cart or sometimes an expressed interest sequence, I find these to be incredibly effective if they are done well. Now, abandoned cart sequences that are not done well are not personalized, are not customized, they feel like throwaways, and they will convert some people who truly did actually forget to check out. 
those abandoned cart messages might be something generic like, hey, you left this in your cart. Do you want to complete your checkout? And you see that from a lot of online retailers, particularly those who do DTC or direct-to-consumer products, uh, physical products, things like that. Shopify um, has some great built-in abandoned cart sequences. And a lot of online sellers right now are using Shopify as a platform. Almost all of the online platforms have abandoned cart sequences of some kind that can either be automated or customized. My favorite type of abandoned cart, or in some cases, expressed interest, and, and here's the subtle difference, not every email is going to drive somebody to the checkout. Not every email is going to drive someone to the cart. I find that the real missed opportunity and the money that's left on the table for many of my clients is for the people who received an email, clicked on the sales page, never actually added the product to the cart. So they never actually abandoned their cart, but they were interested enough from the email to click on the sales page. And why they didn't convert, well, we'll get to that in the final why did you not buy sequence, which is one of the most effective and underutilized funnels that I see in the marketplace right now. But this abandoned cart slash express interest sequence is a real opportunity to make sure that truly they didn't forget to check out. Maybe they stepped away to get their wallet, they got distracted, their computer shut down, whatever reason. They had every intention of buying. They got it to the cart, which is huge. Like That is not just a hot lead. That is an on fire and fuego lead. So the abandoned cart sequences can be really effective for that. But the expressed interest sequence, again, is also a really good example of how to follow up with someone who clicked but did not convert. And that leads us to the final why did you not buy sequence. Now, typically, I use the abandoned cart and the why did you not buy sequence pretty hand in hand. They are dedicated funnels for tracking and also just for ease of updating the content. But if the abandoned cart or the expressed interest sequence has, say, three emails, looks like you left this in the cart, you didn't check out, wanted to drop you a quick reminder, and then maybe 24 hours later, as a reminder, you have not yet completed your checkout. We only have a few more spots left for this offer. I wanted to make sure you didn't miss it. And then maybe there's one more email after that. So if they've gone through that email sequence and they still have not yet invested or converted, my favorite funnel is the why did you not buy? And the difference between this and the other funnels, at least the way that I design them, is that the why did you not buy needs to be as simple as possible for somebody to provide feedback. So I have seen examples where people will do surveys. That's fine, but that's a pretty big ask. If I didn't want to buy, especially after all of that follow-up, why would I want to take even five minutes to complete a survey? I have to really care about the person who's selling and really want to provide my feedback to take the time to do that. And I don't think most people are willing to take that time. You can do a reply to this email and let me know. And that can be quite effective. It's a lot of manual work. And so if you are mailing your offer to hundreds of thousands of people or tens of thousands of people, or you're doing this, why did you not buy sequence, even just several hundred people, it becomes a bandwidth issue. You'll have to be prepared to read and reply to those responses in pretty real time, especially if you're trying to complete the sale. And also, it's still a pretty heavy lift for the person who did not purchase. Even hitting reply and typing a sentence out, 
that's a lot to ask of somebody who is trying to help you. There's not a lot of incentive in it for the person. So here's my favorite way to do the why did you not buy sequence. And I find this to be incredibly effective. Even if it doesn't lead to the conversion that we were hoping, it brings in so much data that then helps us change and manipulate and adapt all of the other sequences and all of the other marketing offers. If you really want to get feedback from people about why they did not make a purchase, here's what I recommend doing. Ask the person in the email, it looks like you were interested in investing in my course, but I don't yet see you on the list. And that's okay. I know this isn't the right course and the right time for everybody. But in order to make sure that I'm serving you and my audience as effectively as possible, please click the link of which sentence best describes you. And the link, by the way, can go to the same very basic thank you for your feedback page or even a thank you for your feedback message. You don't have to do anything else. There's not a lot of customization that has to happen. You don't have to create new content. It can really just take them to a thank you page or a thank you message. And on the back end of your email system, what you are doing is based on their answer. You are tagging them so that you A, have that data and B, have the opportunity to follow up with them again based on their answer. So let's give a more concrete example. I see that you are interested in joining my course, but I don't yet see you on the list. And I totally understand this may not be the right time. But in order for me to best serve you and my audience, I would love for you to click on the sentence that best describes you. Number one, this isn't a right time for me to invest. Finances are tight and I am on a budget or some variation of the finances objection, okay? You can put it into your own words. The next one is, I'm interested in joining, but I'm concerned that I don't have the time to dedicate to taking part in this program and I would prefer to wait until the next time this is offered. Okay, again, in your own words. But now we're, we're addressing the objection that many people have for the time commitment. Maybe the third one is, I don't fully understand what the course is or why it's a good fit for me. Again, in your own words. Okay, now the objection is, I don't have enough information. I need to know more. You can even have a fourth option that is, none of these describe me. If you know the most common objections to your offer, which in general are going to be investment, time commitment, I don't understand what it is, and your your particular offer may have its own objection, again, phrase the questions however you want. But again, when you have asked someone to take one very simple action that takes no time, no energy, really no effort, has no negative consequence to them. They're not being asked to do a million things. Literally just click the link that best describes you. You have captured so much new information. And this is my favorite sequence. This is my favorite funnel to set up, even though it sounds counterintuitive because it's only activated when someone has not purchased. It's not as sexy as the thank you for purchasing sequence or the expansion sequence. But the why did you not buy sequence with very little friction, very, very clear data points that you're collecting, it really can be the thing that takes you from great to amazing because you are pretty great. I know this already. Just by listening and listening to me drone on about funnels for 15 minutes, you are pretty darn great. The why did you not buy sequence can absolutely end there. Now, typically when I work with clients, I take it a step further. So if somebody clicks the, it's not the right time, I am on a budget, I have concerns about the financial investment, I will typically either send them one brief follow-up. I completely understand. I never want finances to be the reason that you can't work with me. 
I would love to extend a discount to you. I would love to offer you a coupon to take $100 off the investment. I would love to offer you a payment plan to make sure that you can complete this course, but not have a negative impact on your finances. So an example might be of that. Somebody who clicks the, I don't know enough about the program, they're a prime candidate for a sales call or a sales DM or more personal outreach. Thank you so much for letting me know. I really appreciate that feedback because I need this to be crystal clear. So can you tell me what questions you didn't feel were answered on the sales page? What questions weren't answered in the FAQs? What questions weren't answered in the webinar that I did? Whatever it is. And if you can get that feedback, a lot of times you will then be able to update your sales page. You'll be able to add new content to your messaging. And in the future, if somebody else feels that way, you've identified it and addressed it. And I will tell you that in this, why did you not buy sequence? What I find is that many people just need a little bit more one-on-one support. Now, I do not mean go in and sell something to somebody who doesn't want it, can't afford it. I am not telling you to be pushy or be obnoxious or be be salesy. That's not the one-on-one sales and DM approach that I would ever recommend. But depending on the offer that you have and the service or the product that you are marketing, it can be a really emotional experience for somebody to believe in you and to invest in you. And sometimes just hearing from you and knowing that you're a real person, a good person, what your heart is, what your mission is, maybe even just understanding that they aren't alone and seeing that you have high integrity and that you created your product, your offer, because you're trying to have a positive impact. Sometimes just that conversation is actually what that person needed in order to say yes. And so the why did you not buy funnel is of particular importance to me and one that I install pretty early on in the process of working with my clients. So As you can probably tell, I could talk about funnels for hours. I love funnels. I love fixing funnels. I love writing funnels. I love activating funnels. I especially love to see how effective funnels can be in sales and marketing for my clients, for my own business. It brings me so, so much joy. And funnels are so scalable. You have the opportunity to really drive the conversations and the conversions that you want without the flight and the fancy of social media and algorithms and all of these things that you can't control. So I hope this has inspired you to think about your own business, to think about the funnels that you currently have, to maybe start to think about funnels that you could or should be adding. If you add funnels or if you audit your funnels or if you try any of these initiatives, I really hope you'll let me know. Again, I love funnels. (laughs) I hope that's clear at the end of the episode. And I want you to love your funnels as well. So if you do take action on this, let me know. I'd love for you to find me on social media. I'd love for you to come chat with me on LinkedIn or Instagram or TikTok or any of the places that I'm hanging out these days. And even better, I'd love to be in your funnel. So send me a link. Let me know how I can learn about you and how I can engage with you and your products and your services. I can't wait to join you in the top of the funnel and watch you take your amazing idea and products and service and mission and see them grow. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Talent Show. For more, follow at Rising Tide Talents on Instagram and visit risingtidetalents.com. You'll find show notes, resources, and more from today's episode. It's all at risingtidetalents.com slash podcast. 
I'm your host, Katie Widrick. You can find me at kwidrick. Until next time, remember, a rising tide lifts all ships. The rising tide lifts all ships.